He'll make it for sure. Now that's why I backed him on Tab Touch. Hey, Luke. Yes, Gene Simmons. He's probably the best when it comes to this stuff. Thanks, Gene. You've got the touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Hoops Heaven proudly brings to you Basketball Hustle. But Ellis fumbled the ball. Two on the shot clock goes up a prayer. Yes! As he was falling to the ground, it's a three! He shot it literally from the hip. Definitely a highlight. Here come the Billikens. Four on two. McCall. Ellis. Left corner. We missed Bang! From way down under. Cody Ellis. Reddick brings low out away from the best. Stolen away by Cody Ellis. One man to beat. To the hole. He's fouled. Layup. Good. Whistle foul. Held the best. Ellis for the reverse. Oh, through fingertips. What a move. Ellis drops in a bomb. I love seeing Cody Ellis coming out, feeling good. Ellis. Cody Ellis. Ellis. Pull up jumper. Cody Ellis. Bang. Cody Ellis. Can he stand and deliver? Cody Ellis. Now it's time for another episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. Hello and welcome to Hoop Seven's Basketball Hustle for another week. I'm back with my regular co-host and we finally got some movement of the Illawarra Hawks for you to talk about, Cody. So we'll talk about the the departure of Jacob Jacomus. It's never fun when a coach loses his job. We never like people losing their jobs, but it might be just the the thing that the, the Hawks need to give them a bit of a bit of a boost and to not be the same old Hawks anymore. So we'll get to that on this week's show. That'll be a big talking point. The shorthanded Melbourne United just continue to win. I'm fascinated to get your thoughts on how they won that game against the South East Melbourne Phoenix. The Sydney Kings strung together a couple of massive runs to overcome the Brisbane Bullets. The Perth Wildcats, their momentum's now building, and I feel like a lot of the credit goes to the changes that, changes that they've made, shortened the rotation, and finding a way to get Bryce Cotton some, some easier, easier looks. Injuries continuing to, to mount a little bit for the Taipans and the Bullets, but they're still competing. I want to find out what's wrong with the New Zealand Breakers, and we've got Daniel Johnson returning to Adelaide mm. this Friday night, Cody. So that's a lot to get through. We're here thanks to Hoop Seven and Tab Touch. But Cody Ellis, good to have you back, mate. Good to be back, and uh, thanks for Simon for filling in last mm. week uh, again for me. And uh, if you guys haven't gone and had a listen to that, please do because it's uh, again another really good episode from you know a, a coach that uh, is is fairly fresh out of the league and and his insights are unbelievable so uh it was it was a lot of fun to listen to that last week yeah what i enjoy is that he's a head coach he's been a head coach for the last 4 years and he spent his life in the nbl but he's so fresh yeah. out of the game so his his insights are pretty cutting edge and mm-hmm. i feel like he's talked a little bit about how if you're too too long out of the game you probably can't get back into it mm-hmm. so i feel like if he's going to get back into the nbl it'll be pretty quickly as well so he's keeping an eye on mm-hmm. things very quickly, did you did you learn much from him? What's what did you what stood out from some of the insights he gave? Oh, look, I think just always it nice to have him confirm some of your thoughts yeah, on things too. Yeah, look, always always nice for him to <laughs> confirm some of my thoughts. Uh, you know, just just proves that I'm I'm not going too crazy with some of these uh, <laughs> thoughts that I have. But uh, no, look, it was it's the whole episode was great. I think obviously the TV coverage stuff was mm. was fairly relevant right now and. You know, I don't think I got a whole lot better over the weekend, unfortunately. No, but, no. Um, no, look, I, I think that 
like you mentioned, if you're out of the league for too long, you know, it's hard to crack back yeah. in. But maybe there's a, a job on the line <laughs> coming up uh, around the corner, hopefully, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Well, let's, let's get straight to it. Actually, bef- before I do, we're, we're short on a, on a third co-host right now yes, as well. We so how disappointed were you when you got here today, Cody, and Elvis wasn't here? Oh, mate, it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, very upsetting. Didn't have the little fella running up and, and wanting pats and, and saying day. So, uh, yeah, no, it's going to be uh, fairly quiet in the background for you guys this yes, week. Yes, yes, very quiet. Um, also, I was thinking, if, if Lauren ever came with you when we come to the studio here just to hang out with Elvis, how heartbroken would she be if she found out that Elvis wasn't here for that day? Oh, yeah, she'd probably walk home, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> um, hello to Lauren as well. So, fascinated. Is she still a fan of this show? Does she still tune in to listen or does she get enough of your basketball thoughts at home that she needs a break from it? No, no, she still tunes in okay. every week. Um, she works the night shift uh, at Joondalup, so she always has it on when she's working and always nitpicks and tells me what I've, <laughs> what I've spoken about wrong and, uh, yeah, no, nah, she's still uh, an avid listener. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, let's get down to business. Um, let's get straight to the Illawarra Hawks, Cody. Um, you made a comment on our last show that you thought that Jacob Jacomas's job might be in a little bit of jeopardy. Um, when we found out on Tuesday this week that the Hawks and he had parted company, they've gone 5-32 and 32 in his one season and a little bit in charge. Um, what was your reaction? Uh, look, not overly surprised. Kind of sucks that I didn't get to talk about it last <laughs> yes. week, um, because yeah, look, I, I thought it was it was definitely coming, um, and look, I think the Hawks have have probably done the right thing and, and pulled the trigger on that, mm. and I think it's probably best for both parties. Watching Jacob on the sidelines, he just constantly seems on edge. Mm. You know, we've spoken mm. about that a lot, and you know that boils over into the playing group too. Mm. And look, it's it's no fun leading from the front like that and, you know, not getting the results that you want. Mm-hmm. And especially with Illawarra, it's such a small-town market yeah. and, it, you know, it's it's pivotal that you have the, the support of the fans and, and when you're not winning, it, it's hard to get that. Mm-hmm. So, um, look, not, not overly surprised by it, but um, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how Tatum takes over. Yeah, it will be. I don't want to pile on on Jacob because I think he's a – He's a great basketball mind, Absolutely and he's a, he's a really good person. So in my dealings with him, he's been he's been fantastic from the moment he, he got the job. But at the same time, when you looked at him and you put yourself in your playing shoes, mm-hmm. did he seem like the sort of coach you would have wanted to play for? Oh, look, it, it's it's hard to say looking from the outside mm-hmm. in, right? You've got to be some kind of sicko to be able to <laughs> be a, a head coach yeah. and, and be successful at it, right? Mm-hmm. So, look, he's obviously an unbelievable basketball mind. I mm-hmm. mean, when you spend that long around a guy like Gorge, yeah. you know, it forces you to become yeah. that. Well, let's be honest. He's probably probably the mastermind between a lot of Gorgon's yeah. best teams, but there is a big difference between coming up with a plan but then actually being able to mm-hmm. coach a team, isn't there? Oh, very much so. You know, there's it's it's such a different ball game being even first assistant compared to the head coach. Yeah. You know, you've got all the pressures in the world as a head coach. Mm-hmm. You know, you can throw different things out there if you're the assistants and. You know, you've, you've got no pressure of it coming back and being like, well, that's your fault, mm. you know, because it's mm. like, well, you're not the one that pulled the trigger on <laughs> yep. it. And yep. So, yeah, look, it's, it, it obviously sucks for him, but um, I, just, I just don't think it was the right place for him. So mm. interesting to see what, what he does going forward and hopefully finds his feet somewhere. At the same time, from his point of view, I guess when you're an assistant for so long, do you just want to find out if he can be a head coach or not? Mm. And maybe he's worked out that he, he might not want to be a head coach. It might be the best thing for him to not be moving forward and he might be able to work in other areas or he might want to be a head coach some, somewhere else. But 
from his point of view, do you just want to find out one way or the other? Definitely. Yeah, you know, you, you spend so long as an assistant, and you, I'm sure you'd always wonder, you know, mm. can I do it leading from the front? And, you know, we saw it with Simon. Yep. You know, he was an assistant for a while and then mm. took over the Phoenix and obviously with all the injury struggles mm. they had, but he was super successful at it. So close to a championship. Yeah, in exactly. That, in that second season. Too, yeah, yeah, exactly. And pretty much every year had, had the team and the, you know, everything to go with it mm. to win a championship just got unlucky. Yeah. But... That doesn't happen for everyone. Not mm. everyone's cut out to be a coach, mm. and that's you know not a negative on anyone. It's mm. just just what it is, you mm. know. So yeah, look, I think he's one of those guys that will be an unbelievable assistant, but maybe not a head coach. And mm. it is what it is, right? Yeah. You know, it's again no negative on anyone. It's just it's just part of it. As a playing group, what's it like mid-season going through a coaching change? What's it? I, I can't. Remember if you've actually been through it, but mm. what what would it be like if you haven't been through it yourself? Depends if you count the last game of the season, my first year <laughs> at Sydney. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. <laughs> oh, it's, it's got to be tough, right? Mm. And not really a it's like in between a season, but it was in college. We kind of had a bit of a transfer of coaches mm-hmm. um, between my junior and senior year. Mm. Um, it's a tough one, right? Because it depends on the group. Mm. It really depends on the group and. It's going to be hard to completely change what you want to do, mm-hmm. right? I think you can certainly tweak things. Mm-hmm. I think you can certainly put in different if – if you wanted to change up, you know, what plays you're running and what systems you're mm-hmm. running and all that sort of stuff, I'm sure you could do that. But there's going to be growing pains with that, mm-hmm. right, because that's what preseason's for, mm-hmm. implementing all that. Absolutely. You know, I, I think – and we'll talk about it later, but Melbourne United, for instance, mm-hmm. you know, We've seen that their system works. Their no system matter, works. No matter, almost no matter who's out there, doesn't matter, right? Mm. He's put a system together, and everyone buys into yeah. it, and that's that's what makes teams successful. Mm. We haven't seen that from the Hawks right now. Even the past couple of years, it just doesn't seem like mm. they're staying true to their systems or what systems are in place for them. So, look, it's—I mean—it's a tough job for for Tatum coming in and, and <laughs> yes. to take over the the team right now. But I mean, they're two and seven. You know, it's it's one of those things that I feel like the season's pretty much written off for them already mm. with, with how good, you know, the, the top six or seven teams are. You almost have to, you can almost only afford probably somewhere between 10 and 12 losses. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so they've already got seven. Yeah, but it's it's a perfect time to kind of experiment with stuff, I think, yeah. and, and see what's, what's going to happen and see what you can get out of the younger guys mm. and... Play around with Robinson and Harvey a bit and see what you can do and mm. see if you can make them successful. And mm. Yeah, it's going to be a, an in- interesting couple of weeks uh, moving forward. Well, I want to talk to you about Justin Robinson and Tyler Harvey. Simon talked about them last week, about how they're two such similar players yeah. and very similar skill sets. They're both great scorers. They both love to shoot. They both love to have the ball in their hands. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily like to give the ball up too much. Neither of them are great defensively. That's putting it probably kindly. Yeah, very. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I mean, they're great offensive players. So, I mean, they can put points on the board, but they're not playing well right now. No. Are they too similar to have on the same team? And beyond that, whose fault is it for having such similar imports? Yeah, well, I mean, they're an identical player, mm. really. I mean, right down to the point where they're both lefties. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's pretty crazy. So, and look, I, I cannot remember who it was that signed Robinson. Mm. Um, I can't remember if it was before Jacob was appointed head coach mm. or, or what happened. But you've really got to look at that, especially when Harvey came out and he had that unbelievable first year and it was like, oh, he's going to be like mm-hmm. MVP candidate type mm. 
type stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you sign him for multiple years and, you know, you basically hand the keys over to him. Mm-hmm. And then I don't see the point in going and signing as good as Robinson, you know, was in that first part when they signed mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Why would you go and sign an, pretty much an identical player? Yeah. You know, you, you need to find pieces around him. So, again, I can't remember who it was, whether it was Jacob or if it was just the higher-ups at the Hawks that, that signed Robinson, mm. but I, I don't think it was a good signing. It, it is tough, but it is what it is. So Jacob tried something different against the Taipans and he brought Harvey off the bench yeah. and we wanted him to be that to take the pressure off a little bit and hopefully he can come on and be a spark and also, I guess, be the leader of the second unit and also let Robinson have more responsibility. But it didn't work because it was a damn ugly game in general. Yeah. But, but those two guys, they combined in the end for 22 points. They shot 9 of 29 and they went 2 of 14 from 3. Some things I don't... I mean, the coach can't coach you to shoot, shoot and play like that, can no. he? No. And part of the responsibility is on them, but part mm. of it is also... And we've seen this with the Cats. They've kind of been put in similar situations to Bryce where yes. all those shots, so 9 for 29 is pretty bad mm. from your two probably main scorers, really, mm. apart from Clark. Yep. But their, their shots are either contested or, you know, late shot clock, not really out of any set. It's mm. just always a forced one. So your percentage is going to plummet when that mm-hmm. kind of stuff happens. And we saw it with... One of the best players to ever freaking grace the league and we'll, Bryce. And we'll get to it shortly, but we saw what happens when Bryce has a little bit less pressure on him and yeah, what, what, he, what he can do. Exactly. So, look, I think it's a bit of a double-edged sword in that Robinson and Harvey have to be better. Mm. I mean, point blank. They have to be better for, for that team to mm. do anything, right? But they've also got to be put in the right situations to be able yeah. to do that. And, again, playing them together... Is pretty tough to do because you know they both want the ball in their hands. Right? They both want it in their hands. They need it in their hands to be yes. successful. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see again. You know what, what Tatum puts in and, and how he tries to um, get the best out of these guys. Or do they stick with them? Do they or do they make a change personnel wise? Or, or is there a point when you're two and seven? I don't think there's a point when you're two and seven. I think you try and get the best out of everyone at mm-hmm. the moment and. Uh, I mean, unless you, you let one of them go and let the young boys come in and, and try their hand at it. But I, I don't really see a point of bringing anyone new in. Mm-hmm. Last one on the Hawks. Justin Tatum coming in as coach. The dad of Jason Tatum, the Celtic superstar. Um, <laughs> how tough of a situation is this? He doesn't really understand the league because he's new to it. He hasn't got a lot of experience as a, as a head coach. And now he's walking into a situation where he needs to fire up a team that's really struggling. How's he going to go? Oh, free swing. <laughs> yeah. It's a free swing. Yeah. And look, you're right. He's been in the league for five minutes mm. you know, as an assistant and no coaching history, mm. you know, especially at a higher level. So to have to do it, in, especially in this league, I mean, it's tough. But yeah. what have you got to lose? Really? No, you, well, you, nothing. you don't yeah. have much to lose no. at all. Again, two and seven, struggling, can't play defense right now, mm. can't play offense right now. Mm. So... Try fire him up, see what you can do. You know, I think it's probably going to be a bit relieving from some of the players, I assume, to mm-hmm. maybe have a bit of freedom, go out and just yeah. play. So <laughs> it's a tough situation, mm. but I, I I do think it's it's a hundred percent a free swing. I said that was the last question, but I one more popped <laughs> in, popped into my head. Are you surprised that there's so much talk around people thinking that there's a possibility of Trevor Gleeson or Brian Gorgian coming in? 
I can't imagine either of them wanting to do it mid-season. At the end of the no. season, they might sit down and, and think about it seriously if they want to take on the job. But mid-season, a coach like that is not going to want to come in, is he? Absolutely not. And, you know, we, we've seen it with Trev. Uh, you know, if, if he takes up a job, then he stops getting paid from the Raptors. And mm. that's not going to happen. Mm. You know, he's... He's sitting back doing the commentary and, mm-hmm. and getting some family time. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's not... I, mm. Gorge, I don't think we're going to see again anyway. No. Uh, I think he's he's done. I think he pretty much admitted that when he yeah. let Jacob take over the reins, really. Yeah, so, did. yeah. And again, there's there's no point in bringing them in mid-season. Mm. And uh, I don't think you'd, they'd want to take over mid-season anyway. No. So, look, it's going to be a big off-season for them, even though, you know, we're a third of the way through the year. It's, it's looking a long way mm. ahead. Yeah. But... Uh, be pointless, really. Okay, let's move on from the Hawks because it's tough. I'm sure as a fo- well, last one on them. Is it tough as a former player to see your club struggle? Yeah, it is definitely. You know, it's it's something that you know those those fans uh, are usually so supportive, and mm. you know they deserve good content on the floor. And, and in fairness, I don't think they've turned on their team. No, they they've supported them. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. So look, it, it's frustrating, right? Because it's a little market team. It's it's tough to draw, you know, the big names there. Mm. And part of playing for that team is is putting everything out on the floor, yeah. right, and playing hard. And you know, I don't think we're quite seeing that from the playing group, mm. um, which is, is is frustrating to see. But um, no, look, I think the Hawks faithful deserve you know a, a good uh, a good product on the floor. And yeah, hopefully Justin can turn it around a bit for them. Now, you alluded to one of your former coaches before, and it jogged my memory about something with, mm-hmm. with Shane Hill, yes. Cody. Didn't get a chance to talk to you about it, but a couple of weeks ago, some keen eyes noticed that he's no longer in the rafters at Kudos mm. Bank, Bank Arena. Um, I asked Damien Martin about it because he was there that, that day, and he didn't notice it in the building, but when I told him, he was quite shocked and, and felt like it was probably an overreaction just because you've had a falling out with the club. Yep. You've still been a champion player, and it's not like he's criminal charges or anything no. against him. As someone who was played under under Hammer, yeah. what's your reaction knowing that the fallout's been that significant with the Kings? I was pretty surprised. Mm. It was, um, yeah, when I when I first saw it and noticed that it was, uh, I was actually pretty shocked at it because you know he's he's done a lot for that club. Mm. You know, he was a heck of a player for them, and obviously led them to to chips. And yeah, uh, there was no real rhyme or reason to it. Mm. Apparently, it was asked in the the Kings kind of just said no comment and just kind of left at that. So, mm. look, obviously there's there's some stuff going on behind the scenes with, with Hammer and mm. um, and the Flames. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I just um, – I'm a bit dumbfounded as to as to why they would go mm. that far and, and pull his banner down and, mm. and all that with uh, up with the other legends of the club. Well, you're in a good position to answer this. How would you feel if you walked into REC Arena and – your dad's number was no longer yeah, up there. Yeah, it'd be, uh, it'd, again, it'd be pretty shocking. Yeah. It'd be pretty surprising. And, yeah, I just, you know, it's it's um, a big-time honour to be hung in the rafters mm. somewhere and to just kind of have it pulled down. And mm. I'm also not suggesting your dad would ever do no, anything no. To, to make that <laughs> yeah. happen. No, 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 that's all good. That's all good. But, uh, yeah, no, it's it's pretty shocking and um, interesting to – I haven't noticed anything since or nothing's been – Spoken mm. about since, but I'd assume it's it's still not hanging up there. No, I can't imagine them putting it back up because that draws attention to it. Yeah, even, even further. So. All right, Cody, that's the first segment down. That's some serious talk. Let's talk about some more positive things about, especially Melbourne and and Perth and Sydney when we come back, and we'll hear from Tap Touch. Sounds good.
He'll make it for sure. That's why I backed him on Tap Touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Imagine what you could be buying instead. Okay, back on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. I'm here with Cody Ellis. Let's go to Melbourne United, Cody. Yep. I don't think anyone gave them much of a chance in the throwdown on, on Sunday. They didn't have Matthew Delavadova, didn't have Luke Travers, didn't have Ian Clark. I think you can say that they're certainly within their top five most important players. Mm-hmm. And they were up against a Southeast Melbourne Phoenix team with a point to prove and in good form and looking to make a statement. In, it was their home game. They'd sold it out. Everything was pointing towards a Phoenix victory. How did Melbourne manage to pull this win off? Well, we mentioned it in the previous segment. You know, their systems in place, well, the systems they have in place are very sound. Mm. Right? And it doesn't matter who comes in, they play their role, yeah. they do what is needed of the team. Right? So with Delhi out, with LT out, with Clark out, I mean, that's some big <laughs> names yes. out. Like, that is unbelievable. I remember sitting down watching the game and then talking about Delhi and stuff like that mm. and how he was out. And I was yeah. just, goodness me, like yeah. they're going to really struggle here. Mm. And they didn't, not at all. Prove me wrong. And <laughs> they came out and they, they played really good basketball. They and they had some young guys come in. Um, Flynn Cameron was, was unbelievable. Yeah. He, was, he was great. He just took that opportunity and ran with it. Yeah. And, um, I mean, you know, Chris Goulding doing <laughs> Goulding things. Mm. And I think it was the... Fourth quarter late where he hit one like a step just inside yep. the half yep. court yep. circle yep. that yep. never looked like missing. It yep. was cash and it was just they're winning culture and they yep. just found a way. Um, even with the players out. And I think that's we spoke about it at the start of the season. Melbourne's biggest strength is their depth. Mm. And I think they really flexed that muscle against against the Phoenix. Yeah, I mean it's that sort of game where you realise why you've got such depth, isn't yeah. it? Because I mean you they bring Rob Lowe back in, yep. and he has a fantastic game because Huck Porty was a virtual non-factor as well, so yep. he basically didn't play either because he was mm-hmm. still well short of 100%. But yep. then, like you mentioned, Flynn Cameron, because even Shaili got in foul trouble, yep. so, so Flynn had to play a massive role, and he's, he's a rookie, and you know some games he doesn't play at all, yep. but he comes in and does what he did. He d- did. Kyle Bowen, his numbers didn't stand out, but just his presence out there defensively yep. was, was really good. Even Campbell Blogg came in for a couple of minutes, and he's probably... probably 14th man on yeah. their roster. Yeah. He comes in and has an impact. Yep. Why does Melbourne have such a good system? What, what, what does it come down to? Well, it's, you know, the coaching staff and, mm. and Dean that has implemented that through preseason and preaching that once you get an opportunity, because they've got an older core group, right? Mm. Apart from probably, you know, LT and Huck Porty, mm. you know. And Flynn. Oh, well, well, I guess Flynn's not really part of that. No, normal rotation. Not really. But, you know, Shea's getting on and he's injury prone. Yeah. Delhi's getting on, he's injury prone. Golding? Golding's getting on. He's not as injury prone at all, no. but, he, you know, he's getting on. He's yeah. played a ton of games in this yeah. league. Yeah. And it, it's one of those things that, you know, he's probably preached to the young guys look, you're going to get opportunities. Mm. Once you get them, you, you've got to be able to take them and run with them, yeah. right? Because if not, we've got someone else that's going to step up and yeah. take. And. You know, I think that's part of, of Dean and his coaching staff's philosophy of pumping up the tyres of those young mm-hmm. guys and, you know, instilling confidence in them. And, look, it, it does come from the leadership group um, as well in, yep. in the playing group. You know, guys like Gording and Clark and Delhi, yeah. again, same thing, pumping the tyres up of the mm-hmm. young guys and hyping them up when they do something good and, and, and that kind of thing, but also holding them accountable when, when they mess up. So, you know, I think they've got... They've, they've ticked all the right boxes um, in terms of that. And, 
I mean, it's really showing. And to have guys that that many key players out and still mm. be able to come up and, and get a win, I say on the road, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. not really. No. Uh, against another, you know, bit of a title contender is, is massive and it really sends a statement. Mm. On the other side of the fence, how disappointing of a loss for the Phoenix, was it? Yeah, they let one slip. Yeah. For sure, they let one slip. And it was just kind of a couple minute spurts here and there that mm. they, they really... I guess took the foot off and you know let Melbourne take advantage of of bits and pieces throughout the game. But but yeah, look, that's one that they're probably going to look back on being disappointed that they lost mm. that one because that uh, I I don't think that they're that kind of team that would buy into oh they've got these guys out you know this should just no, be an automatic no. win. They're too too much of a veteran squad mm. um, you know from their main players and mm. that wouldn't have gone through the team. I I wouldn't think. But yeah, look, definitely, definitely a missed opportunity for them. We'll talk a bit more about him later when we get to our preview. But what was your reaction when you saw Daniel Johnson in a Southeast Melbourne it Phoenix was uniform? Very, very strange. <laughs> yeah. It was very strange. But no, look, I think, and again, a, a tough one for DJ who had been there for half a week yeah. and got thrown out there because mm-hmm. you know Big's got in foul trouble again, yeah, and yeah. then kind of had to finish the game off. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it's going to take him time to get back into the rhythm of playing. So I've said it multiple times on this show over the past couple of years, like there's a big difference between being in shape and being in game shape. Yep, yep. And it's going to take him a few games. Mm-hmm. You know, apparently he's he's in great form and he hasn't lost a beat or anything mm-hmm. like that at mm-hmm. practice, which, I mean, is, is all positive signs. But mm-hmm. it is going to take him a few games to, to really get back into a rhythm. Plus in a new system. Well, that's it. And, and to figure out where he fits in that system. Yeah. And uh, look, once that happens, I think, obviously, depending on how long um, Gak's out for, you know, I think he'll be a massive, massive key for them. Yeah, absolutely. Now let's get to the Perth Wildcats, Cody. Last time we did a show two weeks ago, we were waiting to see if it was just a one-off mm-hmm. change in momentum or if they could actually build on this and, and you know, put some good form together. But now, since that horrible Brisbane game, they haven't lost. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think the, the changes that, you know, John really has made, we talked about how in that Brisbane game, every decision he made virtually we probably thought was the wrong one. Mm-hmm. But since then, he's he's mixed things up and yep. full, full credit to him. So Jesse Wagstaff again played massive minutes and you've talked about it a lot. On a team with Bryce, you need a, he needs teammates that are willing to sacrifice and help him out a little mm-hmm. bit, set a screen for him. Their chemistry is amazing. Some of the passes that Jesse sends to Bryce puts him in a position where nobody else can, can put him. So somebody that can just make things easier. But again... In, the, in this game against New Zealand, they were plus 13 in Jesse's 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Hiram Harris, they were plus 12, and he only played 14 minutes. Yep. Um, and then Christian Doolittle, they were plus 19, and he, he played all but 2 minutes and 15 of the entire game. Yep. So I think relying more on those three guys that are the hustle guys, the guys that do the little things, the guys that help Keanu Pinder and Bryce Cotton go to work and score, I think that's been the biggest change. Oh, it has. And look, full credit to him, I think... He's shortened his roster, which he did last year, but didn't do it properly, mm. right? This year, he's he's shortened it and actually changed up what they were doing, yeah. right? So bringing Hiram on into the starting five, you know, bringing Jesse in for multiple mm-hmm. minutes and says a lot for uh, being able to play together with, with Jesse and, and Bryce and mm-hmm. just that connection they've had yeah. over the past few years. And you can see it. As soon as those two are in pick and rolls or something, something mm-hmm. good's going to happen. Yeah. You know, whether Bryce is going to get an open bucket or, you know, he's going to hit Jesse on a little roll or a pop mm-hmm. or something like that. Like, they just work so well together. Yeah. And 
that doesn't just happen overnight. You know, that's something that they've yeah. built over the past couple of years. So I think being able to use that is, has been huge. I think Doolittle's been unbelievable for him, and I really, really like watching him play. And I mm. think doesn't always stand out on the on the score sheet. I mean, eight. 11, 4, and 2 is pretty good stat line. <laughs> yeah. You know, but yeah. it's, it's nothing that really jumps out at you mm. because, I mean, you know, usually the things that jump out at you are the points, yeah. right? And yeah. Bryce having 37, that's <laughs> yeah. what jumps out yeah. the, on the score sheet. Yeah. But Doolittle does all the little things, and yes. I think he's probably their best defender. Yeah. Um, he's got that size. He's smart. He's able to switch onto the smaller guys, mm. and he's really, he's able to guard one through five. Yeah. You know, he's strong enough and smart enough to be able to guard the bigs, and mm. I think he's been huge for him, and and playing him all but you know two and a bit minutes yeah. is is something that I think probably is going to happen for the rest of the season. Mm. And if they're going to be successful, that's going to happen for the rest of the season. Hiram Harris doing his thing. Yeah. I was pretty surprised he wasn't in late. Mm. Um, I, I, I think it was just because Jesse was playing so well. Yeah, no, I think so too. I think so too. So he's going to come in and and do what he does, and he's he's been great for them. He just the hustle plays and gets after O boards and dives on the floor and. Yes. Will be chippy and go shoulder someone, and, <laughs> and and you know that's that's something that Jesse does as well, yep. right? Yep. So, um, you know those guys have been unbelievable for him. I think Usher with a minus three in seventeen and a half minutes, four yeah. of twelve, nine points, like that's and, and again some really bad shots, just in that some too. terrible shots, right? He's just I think I said it a couple of weeks ago. I think he's trying too hard to become part of the offense yep. and not letting it come to him. Yep. It's it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him and, mm. and if he you know slowly falls out of the rotation or if he figures it out and mm. he's going to earn more minutes playing defense. Play some defense. Don't take bad shots. That's it's pretty much all he needs to do. Yeah, look, they've they've really turned it around and I think that they've still got a, a bit of a ways to go. Obviously, mm. but I mean that's been a big couple of weeks for them yeah. and uh, it's something that needed to happen, especially here in Perth. You yeah. know, obviously. <laughs> You know, that loss to Brisbane really mm. set off the Red Army. Yeah. And I think turning it around and, and doing what they're doing now is is, uh, is a lot more like Wildcats basketball. With Bryce, is it as simple as things are a little bit easier for him now and mm. he's being able to be the Bryce that, that we know? Is it as simple as that? Because we talked about how he's getting... Everything he was doing in the first part of the season was under such pressure. Even when he got a shot, it was so contested and... Such physical pressure, he was exhausted and he was getting no no help, so there was no no gap between him and his, his defenders. Um, especially in this game against New Zealand, I felt like he was virtually playing a solo game. There was no no defensive no, pressure that he wasn't. came up against at all. That's a problem for the breakers, but is it as simple as just Bryce having a little bit more freedom? Well, I think it's kind of twofold in that, yeah, he definitely does have a lot more freedom, but that is because... You've got guys like Jesse mm-hmm. and uh, Hiram playing. Yeah. Two guys that couldn't care less if they don't get a shot for the game. Yeah. And right? Doolittle too, to be well, honest. Well, Doolittle very much the same. Yeah. Um, but I think, especially especially Hiram Harris, who, mm-hmm. who starts the game off, right? That's where you need to get Bryce going to start mm-hmm. the game. Get him some early touches. Get him some early buckets, some easy ones. And then all of a sudden, the floodgates are open mm-hmm. and it's nearly impossible to stop him. Yeah. Go, go lay his man out. Even if... Even if you go out and set an illegal screen on his man in the first play, mm. right? Doesn't matter. It's going to send a message, sure. right? And that's the stuff that Hiram does and the stuff well, that well, Jesse does. We talked in the first part of the season, they were so easy to play against. Yeah. Suddenly they're a bit harder to play against yeah, with, with those guys. Well, yeah, these guys coming in, they're setting mm. screens. They're kind of the enforcers, mm. right? I think Keanu sets good, decent screens, sure. but 
he's still not setting him to the level of Hiram mm. and Jesse, mm. right? Saar comes in, is still not afraid of contact, but mm. because he's so big and he's he hasn't filled out properly yet, it, it's harder to really lay out a guard when, when you're that size, right? Mm. And, you know, he's still young. He hasn't really learned that kind sure. of a thing properly yeah. yet. But these guys coming out, setting decent screens for him, mm. you know, not just not just letting the defender slip under or fight over and it's leading to Bryce getting open. And he's a different player when he's, when he's getting those few early easy ones because, yeah, once, once he gets going, it's virtually impossible to stop him. The team they played against, the New Zealand Breakers, um, something just doesn't feel right no. about this Breakers group this season. I know they've got a lot of excuses. They've, they've been through a lot already in the first seven weeks. They've travelled around the world and mm-hmm. they've had the worst travel schedule of, any, of anybody they lost Justinian Jessup. They've had to replace him, and they're still without Zylan Cheatham. So they've got excuses, but some things don't excuse a lack of effort. I just didn't see a lot of effort in their game against the Wildcats. No, they just kind of rolled over and mm. just let whatever the Wildcats threw at them happen. Mm. And, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting to be watching them play right now because mm. we spoke last year how they were the team that got the imports right. Yep. One, two, and three. Yep. Got all three of them absolutely right. And we thought that they'd be signing at least two of them coming into yeah. this season. And they went clean slate and signed three new, brand mm. new imports. Obviously, losing Cheatham sucks. That's awful because I think he was starting to really find a bit of a mm. groove. Mm. Him and Will were starting to work pretty well yep. together. Losing Jessup for the season, mm. brutal, right? But... You're right. I think there is a lack of effort there. And it's mm-hmm. it's almost like the playing group gets frustrated and flustered and is kind of scared to make a mistake because mm-hmm. Modi is constantly on them, yep. right? And you see it on the sideline. It doesn't matter what happens. He's throwing his hands in the air and he's throwing his head back and out of frustration. Mm-hmm. And look, he's, he's one of those coaches that has unbelievable relationships with the players off mm-hmm. the court yeah. so that you know, those kind of things don't affect you as much mm. when you're playing, mm. right? Because, you know, it's nothing personal, obviously. It's just yeah. trying to win. But you can go too far with that. And right now, everyone kind of seems to be a bit on edge. You know, mm. we're, not saying this, we're not seeing the same Will McDowell-White right now. Mm. You know, he's been given the keys and just kind of has not been the same that we saw at the end of last season no. where he was... You know, he was one of the best players in the league. He was, hands down. Look, I, I think that does have to do with, with the players he had around him too. Yeah. So, Is the ball out of his hands too much now with Jackson Cartwright, as good as he is on, oh, on his own? Yeah, I think it is. But, and again, that's you know goes down to recruiting. Yeah. And you know when you've got a guy like Jackson Cartwright available and you, know, you, you, you want to pick up talent, you've also got to pick up talent, the right talent for your group. Yeah. So it's tough. But it is. It's not in his hands. It's not in Will's hands as much as it was at the end of last year. Look, they've, they've got a lot to fix. Obviously, you know they've had some frustrations with travel schedule, injuries, and and all that sort of stuff. But it gets to a point where, especially now, where they've it's almost to the point where the season's a write-off now. Oh yeah. And you can't keep making excuses. It's tough to get back from two and six, isn't it? It really is. It really is. And, you know, a couple big weeks ahead mm. and just games they can't afford to drop. And they have to start finding a way to win and finding a way to close games out. They can't afford to lose to the Hawks, can they? No. No, they can't. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, who knows what's going to happen there.
It's interesting with Modi. Like you, t- like you touched on, he gets along great with these players, yeah. and his players understand that everything he's as hard as he drives them is coming from a good place because yeah. it's for the better of the team, and he gen- genuinely does care about them. But I guess during the pressure of a game, sometimes that can be misdirected a, a little bit. And I, I feel like you've got to understand your players that you're talking to at times, and I feel like let's focus on the imports. The guys he had last year, I feel like Harden, Brantley, and Brown all loved having a coach riding them that hard, yeah. and they all yep. they all thrived when they had a coach riding them so hard, and that helped get the best out of them. Mm-hmm. I don't get the feeling that Anthony Lamb necessarily likes being screamed at. I don't feel like Jackson Cartwright necessarily likes that. Is it, is it sometimes about understanding your players as well? Yeah, I think so. I think I think Lamb especially. I think we've seen might have been last weekend where. He was having a really good game and he was kind of the only one really scoring yes. for them. Yes. And I think it got to the last few minutes of the game and, you know, he did something and he tried to maybe force a shot and then, you know, Modi really got on him. Mm. And you could see his head pretty much mm. drop or just, you know. I think there was a game where they almost came back from the dead against yeah, the, the Phoenix. Yeah, actually that might have been it. Yeah. And it was all off the back of him yeah. and what he was doing on the offensive mm. end. You know, they were, they were getting stops and running, but he was the one putting the ball in the hole for mm. them. And no, you know what it was? He he, he scored on back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-backs <laughs> like yeah. possessions yep. and then didn't touch the ball for two or three possessions and you could see him get flustered. And then that's when I think Modi called him out and told him, play within the system, blah, blah, blah. Obviously didn't really hear what was said, but you know, you, you can kind of imagine. You could see him kind of get frustrated and drop his head a little bit. And mm-hmm. Then I think on the next possession, he might have forced a bad one and mm-hmm. then there was a timeout and then... You could see him kind of like mm. pull him aside and, and go off with him a little bit. And I get it. But when you've got a guy like that, especially like like Lamb, who was a key part of the Warriors last yeah, year, yeah. Played, played big minutes yeah. for them. He could be the best pure scorer we've got in this league right now. Yeah, I think so. You've got to give him a bit of free reign, a little bit. You know, Obviously, you want to play in your system. You've got to give him that little bit if you've got a player of that talent. So... It's that it's that fine line, and I think um, you know he's still trying to figure out his team as well. You know they've they've had a crazy schedule, and you know they came back from the states and then had to go straight to Melbourne, and then came back and then had a game, and then they were back to Melbourne, and then had a home game, but it wasn't in Auckland; it was in Christchurch, yes, and then it was yes. so. Look, they've had a lot hmm. not go right for them, but like I said, you get to a point where you can't let those excuses creep in because hmm. you're now two and six, and you've got to turn around straight away. Let's talk about the last game of the round on Sunday. Actually, for, let me get your thoughts. The two games on Saturday, Cody, we saw the Taipans and the Hawks, and they seemed to bring the worst out of, out of each other. Yes. Then we saw Adelaide and Tasmania not necessarily put on a great spectacle. So it was almost as bad as it gets on, yeah. on Saturday. But the two games on Sunday, we started with a throwdown that we've talked about, but then the Kings and the Bullets put on a great show as well. It was almost the, the best and worst in the space of 24 hours. Oh, Saturday was, I was pulling my hair out. It was just, it was so tough to watch. Mm. It was just, yeah, it, it wasn't great. And, you know, I sent you a message and we were talking about it, just how how tough it is. And yep. I'm not sure how, how many people, you know, watch games outside of probably their own team. Mm. I don't know mm. how much that is or if it's kind of just us that are the basketball mm. junkies yes. that, that watch all the games, but... They weren't great for the neutrals, were they? Well, no, (laughs) no, they weren't. And then come Sunday, Mm -hmm. and it's complete opposite. You know, both those games were awesome to watch. They were um, high intensity, you know, um, lots of of fun. And, uh, I mean, it's... 
it is tough because, you know, on the Sunday you've got four of the better teams in the league yep. playing. On the Saturday, bar probably Tassie, mm. three of probably the worst teams. In the Especially Cairns when they're not at full strength. No, yeah. they're not. And that, that's, that's another conversation yes. that we need to have. But um, now, look, Tassie's a bit all over the shop right now. And mm. I'm hoping that this round is uh, <laughs> a bit more exciting and, and uh, fun to watch. Let's talk about the Kings and the Bullets. I feel like Brisbane were the better team for mm-hmm. probably at least 30 minutes of this yeah. game. And they did it without Shannon Scott still. And they lost Tyrell Harrison during the game, who's been. A massive, massive piece for them, yeah. and then the, then they lost Aaron Baines for the last three minutes yeah. when he fouled out. But they 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 were in control at two different points of the game. So just before half time, they were leading by fourteen. But then Sydney goes on an eighteen and no run either side of half time, and then with a bit over three minutes to go, the Bullets were in control, leading by six, and then all of a sudden the Kings go on a fifteen and no run. Two things: did the Bullets miss a great opportunity? But is this what makes the Kings so good because they can just blow the game apart in such quick? Spurts. Yeah, and both really. Mm. I think again, this is like the Phoenix had, you know, a game that they'll look back on mm. and, and say that's a bit of a missed opportunity for us. Mm. You know, that's that's one that we probably should have won. But it is. It's what the Kings do. Mm. You know, they're loaded with talent. They they can get out and run. They shoot the three ball a lot, yes. and they've got a team poised to be able to go on these you know, 10, 12, yep. 15... 18, 18 point yeah. runs in in the space of a couple minutes. Yeah. You know, you, you could be you know up five or six, and then all of a sudden, two minutes later, you feel the momentum starting to shift, and you look up and you're down twelve. Mm. You know, it's 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 something that's made the Kings good for the past couple of years, yeah. and it's a credit to the coaching staff mm. of how similar they play. Um, well, we saw the last what five minutes of the game five of the grand final series. Yep. Yeah, exactly the same thing, right? And the fact that you've kind of had a bit of an overhaul of players and coaches mm. and they're still doing what they've done that's made them successful mm. in the past couple of years is pretty cool to see. Bit of a both situation <laughs> yes. there in, yeah, Brizzy let one slip, but this is what the Kings do and they've got the players to be able to do that and Adams was, was, took, was took as over. always. Took over. <laughs> Should the Bullets be frustrated they're not on a five-game winning streak? Yes. Because they won those three games straight then they could have beaten Tasmania at the buzzer in that... Oh, crazy last two minutes yeah. of that game and then they, they could have won this game. I mean, I guess you're never unlucky because you make your own luck yeah. but they could so easily be on a five-game winning streak right now. They're right there. Mm. They're right there and I'm sure the playing group and you know Justin and his staff are probably a bit frustrated at the yeah. fact that they're not on that five-game winning streak yeah. but they're so close. Mm. They're so close to being a real powerhouse in the, in the league and, and a team that is going to push for the finals. This is where I saw this team at the start of the season. This is where I thought they'd be at. I think so, right now you have to expect them to make at least the top six. You, yeah, you'd think so. Mm. And look, they're fun to watch. Yep. I really enjoy watching them. I think, you know, hopefully Ty is all good and mm. he's been unbelievable for them this year. Rocco and Stints has been great for mm-hmm. them. Baines, he's come back and I think he's been really good. Yep. He's come in, he hasn't tried to do too much. Mm. He rolls down, he bees the beast he is and tries to get those seals and the little mm. lefty hook that he's yeah. got. And, I mean, he's he hit a couple pick and pop threes, but yes. he hasn't lived and died by the three like he did last year. Mm. He's a monster on the boards; like hasn't been coming up with them. I mm. think he only had one or two rebounds mm. the other night, but he's right there, yeah. and just his presence there is big for them. So I think he's come back from his suspension and, and been really good for them. Um, you know, Sobes has been Sobes; he's he's been one of the best scorers in the league, and Gordo and McDaniel have mm-hmm. just been 
unbelievable leading the group, but you know leading them on defense. And I, I think that's where they've been successful. You know, if you've got guys like that, and look, Soj is not a terrible defender no. by any stretch of the imagination yeah. either. You know, he's he's pretty good on that end because he's athletic and he's smart. Yeah. You know, you, you force them down low, then you got three guys over seven foot <laughs> sitting in the paint. Yeah. So yeah, look, they're they're and you've got Bannon too as yeah. a rookie. He's been fantastic. He's been unbelievable for them, right? That kind of hard nosed, and he was kind of compared to Nick Kay earlier mm-hmm. in the season, and obviously that's some big shoes to yeah. fill where where Nick came from. But when he first came into the league, it's pretty much exactly how sure. he played. So you know, Smith's shooting the ball well yep. when he gets time because yeah. far out, that's a slow jump shot. It Goodness is, yes, gracious! Yes. <laughs> but it's money when he gets time. Yep. That's cash. He's, he doesn't miss when he's wide open. He wouldn't get get all the shots off in a three point shootout, would he? No, he wouldn't. Against <laughs> the top rack, I reckon. I don't reckon he'd even get three quarters of the way around. So they're a fun team to watch, and I, I think they are probably frustrated they're not on a, on a five game win streak. Mm. But like I said, they're right there. They're, they're right there to be to be able to to win those games and. Winning becomes a habit. You know, trying to figure out how to win late game is tough to do. So hopefully they start uh, stealing some of those. All right, Cody. We'll take a break. We're going to come back. A couple more things I want to get your thoughts on and then we'll get our award winners for this week and then yep. we'll get stuck into a preview for the round eight, round eight in the NBL, Cody. Me. He'll make it for sure. That's why I backed him on Tap Touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Imagine what you could be buying instead. Okay, I'm back here with Cody Ellis on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. Before we get to our award winners, Cody, and I think you'll be very happy with the Galen winner from Mm. Simon Mitchell for this week, but a couple more players I want to get your thoughts on. Jacob Wiley of the Adelaide 36ers. You were rightfully very excited when they decided Mm -hmm. to to bring him back based on what we saw from him in his first stint in the 36ers, but it's not quite working out right now. I want to get your thoughts on why, because we we didn't see him at all in the second half in Perth, and officially the line was that he was sick from CJ Bruton. I'm not not sold on that. I I don't know any more than that, but he certainly didn't didn't come back out with the team. And then he barely played in the second half against Tasmania and didn't play in the fourth quarter at all. What's going on with Jacob? Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, The Perth one's interesting because I noticed... On the broadcast, watching that he didn't come out of, of halftime, but he, he came out probably near the end of the third, mm. went to the bench, spoke to someone, and then kind of walked back to the locker room. So I'm not sure what was going on there. I guess if you were sick, that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit. But if, if, you, if you're crook crook, then I don't know why he would have come back out. Whether it was, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. And look, we're probably reading way too much into this. He was probably just sick as a dog. And well, maybe, <laughs> maybe, but then to not play at all the second half of next week yes. makes it a little bit interesting. Yeah, it is a bit interesting, right? And he's, I don't know, he's, he's, he's that energy guy for them and I think he's been good in spurts, mm. but he's, he's not the same Wiley that we saw in that first stint, right? Oh, okay. And whether that's, from him, or whether that's just the league's gotten that much better. And well, I mean, physically, he still looks the same player, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He does. So I'm not sure. And Adelaide's an interesting one because, again, I'm not sure what their identity is and what their mm. systems are because mm. they seem to change from game to game. And we thought they'd figured it out when they had that win against Perth and they went to Isaac inside. They just brought in DJ, but they've been really poor since. They've just been all over the place. Mm. And I just, I'm not sure what's going on. So. Yeah, uh, CJ seems to be going to Toei Smith-Milner a lot yes. more 
in recent times. Well, and he's playing. He's the one that's probably playing ahead of Jacob, isn't he? Yeah. So because I mean Isaac's still playing, yeah. but um, I mean he's obviously getting frustrated. And you can see that he gets you know visually frustrated, mm. and rightfully so. I mean, look, the games have been successful. He he's been when he gets the, the ball. main caveat. exactly. <laughs> yes. Him and DJ and pick and rolls or. Yeah. Feed Isaac down low, you know, or in the short corner and let him go to work. He's such a good passer and he's a willing passer. Yeah. And his presence on, on putting pressure on the rim just changes that team. It opens up guys like DJ. Mm. So I'm not sure. Back to the point of Wiley, sorry. <laughs> it went off <laughs> a bit of a tangent there. But, um, yeah, look, uh, I'm not sure what's going on and, and whether, you know, CJ's just kind of lost a bit of trust in him late game and, mm. you know, if he's not, I kind of, giving what CJ expected, then, you know, he's kind of fallen out of the rotation late in games. And look, Adelaide struggle because they don't have a lot of shooting. No, they don't. Right? You, you put Wiley out there and he can't shoot outside the paint. Especially so, with Trakel out yeah, as well. Yeah, which, you know, maybe that's why Toby smith Miller is playing a bit more because he, he can shoot the yeah. absolute piss out of the ball, yeah, yeah. you know. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. They're, uh, they seem very lost. Mm. You know, they, they don't seem to have an identity right now on what, their go-to is and you're right with Kel out it, it's tough because I think the ball went through him a lot when they were being successful so I'm sure he's frustrated you know I'm sure mm. it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they go moving forward one more import I want to get your thoughts on Josh Roberts at the Taipans yeah. so, so they're they're not at full strength right right now no. they were they were again missing Pat Miller and Bobby Clintman mm. so I feel like Josh is probably that role that Clinton plays, so yeah. there was a chance there for him to play more against the Hawks, but he only played four minutes, mm-hmm. and zeros right across the board. He didn't have a single stat in any any <laughs> category. If you're a young guy deep on the bench, you, you you're there for opportunities and to bide your time. When you're an import, you're not in that same situation. No. I mean, this is a this is a strange one. Yeah, and I'm not sure what's going on with it. Right? I mean, look, he hasn't come out and lit the world on fire by any stretch of the imagination when he has got an opportunity. No. So, like I said, four minutes, you got to come up with some sort of stuff, especially <laughs> as an import, yeah, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not sure what's going on and whether he sticks around for much longer because mm. it's kind of just seems to be... It's hurting, him, a, hurting his stocks moving forward, isn't oh, it? Oh, very much so. Very much so. Whether he opts to move on or mm. they opt to move on from him or, or what the deal is. But, yeah, he's riding the pine as import mm. is, uh, is something that you don't see too often. You don't. You don't. Um, all right, Cody, let's get to... I'm looking forward to getting your thoughts on this. So Simon Mitchell's been picking our winner of the Galen as the best team man across the NBL for for this season, and he couldn't go past the throwdown on Sunday, and he couldn't go past Rob Lowe. Yep. So back in the lineup because of the injuries at, at Melbourne, and this is why he stuck around and why you suggested he would stay in Melbourne because it's not very often you're at full strength. So there's always going to be chances for him to, to pop in and play, and he was, he was fantastic. He was great defensively, and especially against Big Source, he mm-hmm. did a great job, but... Um, 20 minutes, 7 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals. He's the Galen winner for this week, and I'm sure you couldn't be happier. Oh, absolutely. It's my guy right there. <laughs> so, no, Simon's done a very good job picking uh, picking Rob for this, and you know, we've had some back and forths over Twitter, or X, whatever you want to call it. Mm. Oh, yeah, still call it Twitter, <laughs> sorry. About Rob and, and how important he is for this Melbourne team right now. And like you said, we saw it on the weekend. You know, He hasn't played for a few weeks mm. now, and... Comes in and first game back, he's he's super impactful and yeah. you know twenty minutes out on the floor, you know as an injury replacement mm-hmm. and to have not played in, in a few weeks is is huge and and look credit to him, uh, mm-hmm. he's he's been unbelievable and he's 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 really proving that he's still good enough to play in this league and be impactful for a championship caliber team mm-hmm. and uh, 
he's one of the smarter players going around and, um, you know, it really, really shows. And he just does all the little things for Melbourne. You know, he, he doesn't need to go out and try score 20 mm-hmm. points. You know, he finds guys like Goulding and, mm. you know, he, he sets good screens yes. and he rolls and he gets his hand on the rebound. You know, whether he comes up with it or not, he gets a hand on it or mm. he's at least putting pressure on the rim. Mm. And he's found a perfect situation in Melbourne for, for him to be successful. Here's what Simon said about why you picked him as well, Cody. I'm just so impressed with his ability to play whatever role he's been thrown at Melbourne United this year. 20 minutes, 7 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, and on the floor for two key runs at the end of the second and down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Whether in straight clothes awaiting his next game or playing key minutes off the bench, he's always just ready to, ready and contributing. Exemplifies a winner. Yep. Yep. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Describes Rob to a T right there. There you go. So... Our other awards, Cody, then we'll get to our preview of round eight. Matty Knight's Player of the Year votes in his, his award. Um, Bryce Cotton, five. Bull Kowal, four. Chris Golding, three. Joe Luala Chul, two. Jalen Adams, one. Again, it's tough to, to condense these guys into a, a 5 4 3 two, one, but happy with that? Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, it's tough. Maybe Adams could have slotted up mm-hmm. in front of Luala Chul, maybe. Yeah. But. Bit of a flip of the coin there. Look, I, I think that's pretty spot on. You know, those guys all had major impacts for their teams this round. And, yeah, look, he's, he's knocked it on the head pretty well there, I reckon. And then Damien Martin's best defensive player votes. Bull Kowal, Rob Lowe, DJ Hogue. Anyone else stand out that he missed? Oh, look. So, so sometimes it's hard to stand out defensively, isn't it? It is. It is. You know, unless, you know, you know what you're looking for. Mm. And, and as just a... a uh, a common fan watching, it's it, it is tough to understand, you know, impacts defensively, yeah. right? Look, I, I think those guys are, were, were unbelievable, and you're right, Rob. Rob was unbelievable on on big source yeah. and, and did a really good job. And you know, DJ Hogue kind of flies under the radar mm-hmm. defensively. I think his length and his um, smarts are really good on the defensive end yeah. for, for the Kings, and um, we know what Bullqual brings to the, the tight ends in the league. So can't argue with Damo. Hard to imagine that it's round eight in the NBL already, <laughs> Cody. This preview, thanks to Tab Touch, and we've been trying to pick some winners, and our exclusives that pop up on the Tab Touch app and on the at tabtouch.com.au. You had some good success last week, Cody. Yeah, I think it was two out of the three we got yeah. that came off, and I think the one that fell short was only a rebound or two short yes. of uh, of coming off as well. So, no, look, trying to find you guys some winners, and uh, I'm not betting on them because if I bet on them, they won't come off. <laughs> so jinx you, them. You yeah. guys are welcome. <laughs> Okay, so check those out and check out the odds for each of these games as they get closer. Doubleheader on Thursday night, Cody. This is a big game for both teams for different reasons, as we talked about. Tasmania Jack Jumpers, I feel like they're still trying to find mm-hmm. their full identity, but their best is still very good. The New Zealand Breakers, they just they've had a week now almost to prepare for this game and they need to they need to respond. Yeah, look, I think that uh, it's a must win for both teams. Mm-hmm. Um you know, Tassie kind of need to right their ship a little bit. They went through a bit of a spurt in round, I think it was three or four, mm. maybe across the two, where they looked unbelievable. Yes. They looked really, really good. And then they've kind of had a bit of a bumpy road since. Mm. And, you know, we'll, we'll get one that they probably should get and then probably drop one that they should have mm. gotten and then take it to a team that, you know, like a Melbourne, you know, mm. take it to them mm. and then kind of fall short against a, a couple of the lower teams yeah. and they're... Um, They've really got to find their identity a little bit and, and kind of find a bit of a rhythm. Mm. New Zealand, I mean, we went in-depth into New Zealand. It's a must-win for them. You know, if, if they lose if they lose this one uh, and then fall short against Illawarra on Sunday, then that's their season done. 
um, yeah. pretty pretty close. So it'll be two and eight. Yeah, look, it, this one's huge for them, and and uh, I think look, I, I just I can't see them beating Tassie. Mm. I think Tassie get this one. Hopefully, it's a it's a fun game to watch because there's a lot of talent on the floor. Yes. Next up on Thursday, Perth Wildcats and the Cairns Taipans. So the Wildcats are in form now. The Taipans, let's hope they're at full strength. Let's hope Clintman and Pat Miller both are available for, for this game because they're a very different team when they're at full strength. But um, rematch of the, the, the playing game, I yeah. think it was, last year. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. And fingers crossed the Cairns are as full strength as they can be because, mm. yeah, different team when, when they're like that. So, look, Perth are playing really well. They're, they're starting to figure it out. Um, I do think they continue that. Cairns are going to throw some different stuff at them, though. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Forty is one of the masterminds of the league in, in junking it up and, mm-hmm. and figuring out how to be successful defensively against certain teams. And it's going to be a real test for for really and, and his crew there. Mm-hmm. So I think Perth get it, mm-hmm. but I reckon Cairns are going to really push them. Thoughts on Keanu Pinder playing against his old team for the first time? Yeah, it'll be an interesting one, right? Mm-hmm. And, going to be interesting to see if he tries that bit too hard. Yeah. I hope he doesn't. I hope he just lets the game come to him and because he's been really good for them um, throughout the whole year, even when they were struggling yeah. a bit. You know, he was kind of that one guy that was really solid for yeah. him and, and kind of gave him the same thing week in and week out. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. And I'm, I'm sure Forty's got some stuff ready for, <laughs> yes. to throw at Keanu and, and see, what, uh, see what happens. It's interesting, isn't it? Because he knew how to get the best out of him. Yes. I wonder if he also knows how to try oh, sure to plot yes. his downfall. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of former players against their old teams, Friday night, standalone game. If this isn't a sellout at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre, there never will be. So the 36ers are hosting the South East Melbourne Phoenix and Daniel Johnson, with his number 21 up in the rafters, yeah. coming to play against his old team. <laughs> it doesn't really make sense, does it? <laughs> no. It's pretty wild. So... Look, that's going to be a fun one, and uh, I'm hoping DJ gets uh, a fair bit of tick uh, mm-hmm. and is successful. Because yep. look, I, I think it's it's pretty crazy that you know he's been available and no one else has really mm-hmm. picked him up. So Southeast need to win this one after dropping the one against Melbourne last week yeah. to to right their ship a bit. Adelaide again, still trying to find their identity. So well, I think the Phoenix get this one, but uh, it's going to be uh, fun to see mm. DJ back out on the court on his old stomping grounds <laughs> yeah. where he's uh, he's been so dominant for so long. What sort of reception do you imagine him getting? It wasn't his choice to leave. Do you think he gets a very positive reaction, similar to what Mitch Dalton got back in time? Yeah, look, I think so. I think the Adelaide fans are, are fairly switched on. Yeah. Um, they're, fairly, they're a fairly smart crowd. Yeah. So, look, I, I would hope that they give him a pretty warm welcome. Yeah. What about for DJ? H- how would he feel going back there, knowing that in an ideal world he would be still playing in yeah. Adelaide? Jersey. Yeah, all kinds of emotions, I'm mm. sure. And he still lives in Adelaide. Yeah, a bit bittersweet, I'm sure. But um, no, nah, I think it'll be fun for him and I think he'll uh, he'll come out with a bit of a point to prove. Double headers across the weekend. So starting on Saturday, both teams backing up after playing Thursday night. So the Cairns Taipans at home to the Tasmania Jumpers. Tough turnaround uh, for both teams, playing on Thursday and then coming back to Saturday. But yeah, look, hopefully it's... Uh, it's a bit better quality than, than last Saturday's <laughs> yes. last Saturday's games, but um, look, I reckon I reckon Tassie get that one and, and have a big weekend and, and kind of get their season back on track. Then mm. second up, Brisbane Bullets, so they'll be fresh against the Perth Wildcats. We won't be having played Thursday night, but the Bullets a chance to get Shannon Scott mm. back. But I get the feeling that you'll probably wait till after the fever break. That would yep. make 
make sense with his hamstring and possibly without Tyrell Harrison, you would have to assume as well. Yeah. But this will be a good one too because a couple of weeks ago, the Bullets pulled, pulled, pulled off a shock win in Perth. Yeah, they did. And not too much of a shock win now that mm-hmm. you know Brisbane are, are playing the way yeah. they're playing. But um, this is going to be a good one and this is going to uh, really test both teams, I think. You know, seeing Ty out again really sucks. He just yeah. can't catch a break either. Yeah. You know, he's one of those one of those guys that just constantly seems to be injured and, mm. you know, it's just always something little that yeah. keeps him out for, for big chunks of time, which is which is frustrating for him, I'm sure, because he's been playing some really good ball. So, look, I, I think, I reckon Brisbane get this one. I feel bad too because it was only a week ago that I asked him how good does it feel to be healthy again. <laughs> yeah, a couple of days point. later yeah. he comes out and hurt, hurts his calf. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not good, not good. But, uh, no, look, I think Brizzy get this one. Yeah. Perth are going to push him for sure. You know, they're, they're playing some good ball. Less than the worst on Sunday with these two games yeah. on paper, Cody. The two bottom teams first up, the New Zealand Breakers and the Aurora Hawks. I'm not sure if I can recommend tuning in, but both teams need a win, it's fair to say. Well, they certainly do. And this is uh, one where all the pressure in the world is going to be on New Zealand. Yes. Hawks are going to come in with a free swing. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have a week week full of training under, under Tatum. And yep. it's going to be interesting to see what they come out and do. New Zealand have to get this. There's, yeah, that's pretty much it. They have to have to win this if, if they want to keep their season alive. Mm. And look, I, I think they, I think they do come out and get it, just purely for the fact I think there's a, that bit more talent there and, and probably a little bit more discipline than, than what the Hawks have shown. And but the Hawks are going to push them, I reckon, because mm. again, like I said, they're going to come out, play free, and and just go out and hoop. So mm. look, I, I do think New Zealand get the win. We didn't get to the main event, so couldn't possibly be a better way to head into the fever break yeah. than this game to close close the round in this first part of the NBL season. We've got the top two teams, Melbourne United and the Sydney Kings. You almost don't need to say anything to hype no, it up. Really. It almost, <laughs> almost sells itself, but what are you expecting? Oh, yeah, look, a really good battle, I think. This is going to be a lot of fun to watch, and I'm really looking forward mm. to that. But, yeah, look, I think... It's a tough one. This is, this is a bit of a flip of the coin for mm. me. I, I, I reckon that United probably just have that little bit more talent and if their young guys can step up and, mm-hmm. and do what they've been doing, then I don't see why United don't win this one. Mm. But again, they've got to figure out how to stop Sydney's runs. Yep. So yep. it's going to be a big defensive game for Melbourne. If they can figure it out on that end, then, then I reckon they get up. Can't wait for that. And we'll come back next week to talk about it all, Cody. It's been a big show, a lot to get get through. Good and bad of the NBL world this week. And looking forward to this weekend, of course, head to Hoop7 and check out all of your basketball merchandise and shoes if you need anything. If you're in Perth, check out the store on Murray Street. If you're anywhere else, go to hoop7.com.au and head to Tap Touch as well, Cody, mm-hmm. and we'll try to help you find a winner. That's it from me for this week, and I'll leave you with the final word. Yeah, look, lots of good games this weekend and uh, always fun to have seven games in a round. So uh, looking forward to it, mate. He'll make it for sure. Now that's why I backed him on Tap Touch. Hey, Luke. Yes, Gene Simmons. He is probably the best when it comes to this stuff. Thanks, Gene. You've got the touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today.
Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.